Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of A VO's Journey. My name is Anthony Pika, and we have a great episode for you tonight. Uh, real quick, A VO's Journey is all about helping the new voiceover artists grow their business through following what I'm doing with my business and trying to not make the same mistakes that I make. So hopefully through all of the acting and the learning that I'm doing, the coaching, business, marketing, all of that stuff, the new voiceover artists will have a leg up on the competition. All right, so uh, I've got a great episode for you tonight. Uh, we are going to be talking about reading aloud skills, okay? And what it's, what's the difference between reading aloud versus reading to yourself? And, and, and this, this episode is, is geared towards helping you as a narrator, okay? But before we go even further than that, I want to take a moment and I want to specifically thank a couple of people. I want to thank Margaret, Denise, and Brian for becoming patrons, uh, along with Ed, uh, of the podcast. Uh, thank you all so much. I wanted to give you a shout out because it means the world to me. And, uh, and, and, by and, you know, I'm, I'm, as, as we all do, you know, we're doing so many different things, uh, from, you know, uh, and for me, you know, with this podcast and all of the VO work and everything, you know, it takes a lot. So by, you know, by becoming a patron, it really helps, uh, you know, keep all of this stuff up and running and also helps me create new content. I'm also uh, using this uh, to, to be able to put together courses for everyone uh, as a part, you know, in the Facebook group as well. And as a part of a patron, you get access to uh, a lot of um, private content that you wouldn't get. Uh, and um, so so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And the people who have become patrons recently, you know, will be receiving that content and so forth and have already been reached out by me. But I'm really excited. Thank you all so much again for becoming patrons. All right. Well, anyways, this was a way longer intro than normal. So let's just get into it. Okay, let's do it. This is VO's Journey. With your host, the incomparable Anthony Pika. All right, so, um, wow, I it is 2.30 a.m. in the morning. As you all know, I'm in the middle of Into the Woods, so absolutely crazy because I don't get home and really get started until about 10.30, 11 uh, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of tough. So, and I had to, um, tonight I, I had got, or today I'd got a new ongoing, uh, podcast, which is so interesting because, you know, it's a, uh, they're, they're this medical journal company, I guess is, or medical journal is starting a podcast and they wanted to hire me to, to do their, to read, I guess their script for their podcast. So that's going to be interesting because I guess my voice is going to be on another podcast, um, but, but it's a medical podcast. Uh, this one was about, uh, optometry. So that was, it was kind of cool, but I'm very excited because that came through Fiverr, you know, and there was some questions about whether or not I was going to be able to, you know, get some business. And I'm telling you, my numbers have not dipped really. Uh, I'm very fortunate and very thankful. Uh, you know, um, it, it really did work out. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, that leap of faith, uh, worked out well. So I'm glad that everything is happening there and that's cool. And of course, you know, I had to work on that, that other uh, gig that, you know, oh, I found out it's Russian. So it's in Russian. So it is Russian. And um, 
It's uh, a lot of Russian words. And I put another about hour and a half into that tonight again. And I got, I got four pages done. So I've got eight more pages left. So I've done half of it, a little over half. So I've got a couple more days, two more days. So I, I figure if I do four pages each day, by the time we get done, by the time I get done when it's due, I'll be finished. All right. So, anyways, that's catching you up. And of course, I, I have another book in queue I've got to work on, but um, and some e-learning stuff that I'm doing off of Fiverr. That it's a it's an e-learning client that I have uh, that I did a whole bunch last night before I did my podcast. But, but anyways, um, moving into tonight, you know, tonight I wanted to help people, uh, you know, help people with reading out loud uh, you know audiobooks long form narration but but mainly characters in audiobooks i wanted to talk about the difference uh between reading out loud and reading to yourself and how you know the tips and stuff i'm going to give you uh tonight can really help you up your game and become more hireable i think as a voiceover actor as a you know audiobook narrator uh you know because in the end uh, after, you know, after we get our DAW down and all of the, the, the equipment and all of the processing and all that stuff, you know, it boils down to your acting. It boils down to how well you can read. So, you know, I wanted to dive into this tonight and, uh, you know, there's lots to talk about, of course, about narration and audiobook narration, but tonight I really want to talk about, um, the difference between reading aloud and reading to yourself. And we're going to kind of talk about, uh, you know, interpretation. So a stage actor, uh, you know, when I teach stage acting, there's a famous saying that call, that, that's called acting is reacting. Okay. And the idea is, is that when you're on stage to maintain or project the idea that it is the first time that this information has happened or the first time that you are going through this as an actor on stage. So you you are trying to suspend disbelief, okay? So the audience comes in and they suspend their disbelief that this is fake, okay? They suspend that. And uh, what happens is, is that because of that, we have to keep them as actors on stage, keep them in that place. So we keep them in that place by being reactive, by staying in character, by never showing our uh, by never showing the the reality of the situation, but the reaction of what's happening. But let's talk about the difference between us as narrators and what that difference is. All right, and and I think the big difference is is remember when we are narrators, and and even in a story, even on a, on stage, you know, a narrator is removed from the story. Now, not always, not always. Narrators are sometimes drawn into the story as a convention used by authors. But typically, a narrator is removed from the story. They are the outside person. They're the outside entity that tells the story. Uh, and, you know, because of that, their job mainly is to remain uh, less emotional and more just a, a, a vessel for information so that the people listening to the narrator can make their own decision about what they're listening to. They can make their own opinion about how to view or or imagine the, the, the scenario. I see a lot of um, people try to do too much, and I've caught myself doing it as well. You know, try to do too much acting 
within the uh, the 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 book or the read. And a lot of times, you know, you you also hear that saying "less is more." Well, <clears throat> I think in this context, that is that holds true. But but don't I, I don't want you to think less is more meaning that we're not acting. So remember what you know what we're doing is is we are telling a story from an outside point of view. And the moments when we switch into a character and it calls for us to make a decision, okay, about a certain scene, then it is time for us to pour on a little bit more heightened life or a little bit more heightened, um, I guess, emotion. So, but at the same time, we still have to remember that we are an outside entity. And the reason why I'm, I'm kind of beating this home is because I want you to just imagine, you know, you're listening to a book and there's all kinds of, let's say you're listening to um, a story about a criminal of some kind, or you're listening to, you know, and they're really just an awful criminal. And let's say that you are a parent and you are listening to a book where the villain or the 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 evil character or the you know the um the antagonist takes or let's say they kidnap a child and let's say they do horrible things to that child it's it's part of the book you're narrating um we are forced or not forced but we would generally have a hard time not letting our own feelings bleed into that read Okay, letting our own feelings come out. And at first glance, we would think, you know, this is really awesome. This is real emotion. But the reality is, is our job as narrators is not to be the emotion, but to convey the story in a manner in which the re- the listener can be free to imagine the work themselves. Imagine how awful someone is. And nine times out of 10, the less emotional you play something, especially when it comes to like evil characters and stuff like that, the more awful they seem. Okay? You know, the more horrible it seems. Because when we interject our own opinions, our own feelings into it, what happens is is we rob the listener of their ability or their, you know, their desire to come up with their own ideas of what it means. That's why reading books is so powerful as opposed to going to a movie. I know many of you have done it because I have too, and you've read a book and then you go see the movie and you're like, man, this was a big letdown. Well, because in the book, the words left open a whole world that we created. And then when you go see a movie, we are taken into someone's someone else's creation. And if you've never seen, if you've never read the book and you go see the movie, and then you go back and read the book, you'll probably say, yeah, you know, I, I really like that movie. Or here's another example. If you go see a movie and then 20 years later, they remake it or, or they make a number two or number three or they use someone else in the you go like, oh, you know, it just, it wasn't the same. I really liked the first one, the original. This happens all the time with musicals. <laughs> when they remake a musical or it's done again or it's off Broadway and it's brought back onto Broadway, you're like, gosh, you know, that's good, but it, it was just not the same as the original. But that's because when you first, you know, that's because, you know, we have that uh, already opinion built into us. It's already been told to us or we have already imagined it. So when someone else tries to put their opinion and their imagination into it, 
it kind of robs us a little bit of what we see. Now, I do want to say that it is important for us as narrators and reading out loud to make, you know, decisions when the script calls for it. So when you are in a situation or a scene or something and the script calls for some sort of dialogue back and forth, you know, it's important to make a decision when it, you know, uh, about how to react to what's happening. But that is a decision you are making as a narrator and not as a person trying to be real. Okay. Uh, and, and that's, that is a big difference and, and you've got to, but, but here's the thing. I think it's liberating in some senses too, because you don't have to worry so much about you putting on some performance that brings down the house. You know, one of my favorite audiobooks to listen to actually is, I'm going to tell you guys is the uh, Harry Potter series. I love it because that guy who narrates those books, he is a talent. Like that guy is incredible. Just all the voices he does. And they're so different. And it's funny because I've seen, you know, I've seen those movies. I don't know about you guys, but I have kids too. And my wife and I, we're partial to them. You know, I, I like them. I'm not going to lie. I like those movies. And I have watched them so many times. And I've listened to the books. And you know what? I like both. It is the one, it's one of the only series of things that I actually enjoy both separately. And there's a lot of people who, you know, love the books and some of them, they're like, the movies don't do them justice and vice versa. Although I do feel like the last book and uh, uh, where the last fight scene between Voldemort and Potter, you know, I liked it a lot more in the book than I did in the movie. Anyways, <laughs> get on topic. Um, so uh, people running, there's like, he likes Harry Potter. I'm getting out of here. No, but you know what? You know me, I'm honest. I like it. There's nothing wrong with it. I like Harry Potter. Uh, anyways, getting back to what I'm talking about. Uh, that's because that guy's so talented, but it, but as he reads it, the only thing he does is he put the, besides the character voices, he reads as a narrator telling a story and not putting in overly putting in emotion or anything like that. He lets us listen and make up our own minds. Okay. And he does that by not going too far with how much uh, inflection, how much, um, pauses, all that, you know, it's it, it just too far when we're reading in our head, when we're reading in our head, you know, all of that is automatically inserted because it is ourselves reading it. And you might be like, well, how do I change? You know, how do I separate myself, my, my own emotions, my own feelings about the text from what, you know, that from, from this outside narrator, well, the idea is, is that you are looking at this text from the standpoint of you are telling someone else a story and you are letting them make up their minds. You are not making up their mind for them. So whenever you think about that, I want you to not overdo it and try to tell stories from, from, from again, an outside point of view. Now, that doesn't mean I want you to talk like Charlie, like, Wah, 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 like Charlie Brown's teacher or something or talk like this or like my professor when I was in college I had to take Old Testament because I went to this liberal arts school and uh, I, I took an Old Testament class and a New Testament class and uh, I love the, the the historical aspect of it but it was like eight o'clock class in the morning and the gentleman bless his heart uh, heaven forbid he ever listens to the podcast so I'm not going to call him out but he was a great guy but when he would talk it would be like and 
the seventh son of Abraham. I mean, like I, it was, it was the hardest thing in the world to stay awake. It really was. And it has nothing to do that I disrespect anything like that, but it was so hard just because the monotone nature of his voice and, you know, eight o'clock classes in college, even though it's funny because high school, you get up, you know, a couple hours earlier, but in college, that's like ridiculously early. (laughs) So anyways, um, you know, I, I just wanted to point out that from the nature, from the standpoint of you telling a story and removing your own personal opinions of the content and telling it from the standpoint of you picturing that you are telling someone else or a group of people. You might be doing a nonfiction piece where you're telling a group of people something like a TED talk. Um, I love Sean Pratt. Uh, who, who, who coaches a lot on nonfiction. Uh, he does a lot of nonfiction narration uh, and is incredible, incredible teacher as well. And he talks a lot about, you know, he visualizes a lot of TED Talks. You know, like he talks to an audience, you know, of professionals. And it helps him with how he uh, uh, sees it in his mind and how he stays objective to the material yet still puts in a little bit of his own personality, but remains detached from it. So I just want you know you to think about that, okay? I want you to think about that. Now, remember, your job is also to interpret the author's intent. So how do you do that? Well, if you are reading and, and you're, you're getting a lot, listen, a lot of this is decisions you have to make. Uh, I, I tell my students as well and, and tell you that as a reader, you are making decisions also as the director. Unless someone is hiring you, okay? Unless someone hired a director for you, you have to make the decisions as a director. You know, I've directed a lot of plays and musicals throughout my lifetime. I've been in a bunch, you know, and as a director, you know, my overall vision, I make decisions based on the direction of the show. But the actor's job is to bring the decisions they make of the characters in the moments. Do you see what I mean? And the difference is, is that they base their decisions off of the decision I make of the direction of the show. So for us, as our own directors, we have to do both. But we get that idea of what decision of the direction of the show based on the author's intent. And we find the author's intent from reading the book trying to read between the lines, doing our research, you know, looking up the author, trying to find what's happening. And of course, there are always, um, there are always a, a, uh, scenarios where you're not going to do mounds and mounds of research. If you're doing a 30-minute audiobook on uh, machine mechanics, you might not, you know, it, it, the text might not be this drop, you know, uh, drop, drop dead, incredible, <laughs> mind provoking narrative. You know these these pros that knock you dead about the carburetor. It might be, it might be a, an entire poem about how to put together a carburetor. But most likely, those type of books, your job is to instruct. And as an instructor, okay, our job is to again, just like I was talking about Sean Pratt. You know, you are telling a story about what you are creating or what you are teaching in a manner in which the group of people that the author is targeting, okay, would expect to hear that content. 
And that's where that research comes in. But as we're talking about nonfiction, I mean, we're talking about fiction and we're talking about novels, all right? I just want you to think of that, all right? I want you to think about interpreting the author's intent. And if you feel as you read this or you look over it, you get this feeling that, you know, the author's intent is to scare you. You know, if you're reading a Stephen King novel, well, you probably, um, you know, I've taken classes with, um, uh, uh, well, Sean Pratt, but I've also worked with, um, uh, um, oh my gosh, his name is, is, is awful that heaven forbid he listens to it. But anyway, <laughs> he, anyways, I, I take some classes, some, some pretty amazing audiobook narrators. And, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we talk about, or, or I've talked about with these people is the amount of research you put into, uh, knowing what you are doing. But more importantly, if you are doing like a Stephen King novel, well, you better find a way to, you know, interpret Stephen King's vision, which of course is a horror, you know, is, is scary, you know, is a thriller. So, you know, um, I was, uh, I was, uh, the, the story goes of this, this narrator was doing this book. So he would go and he would watch horror movies late at night with all the lights off. And then he would go down to his booth and record <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? Um, Oh, how could I forget his name? Scott Brick. Absolutely incredible. Look these guys up too and listen to them. They're really amazing. And they're actually really good friends, Scott Brick and um Sean Pratt. Uh, but but you know, Scott Scott does a lot of uh fiction and Sean does a lot of nonfiction. Sean's actually part of the Facebook group. So hopefully if he if he has time to listen, because he's a busy guy. Um uh hi, hi Sean, if you're listening. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, the it's it's really amazing what they do to help help them. And even that little bit that you get by putting yourself into a place where you can, you know, interpret the author's intent, you know, by, 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 by setting yourself up to feel things that the author wants other people to feel. So then you are interpreting what the author wants you to say, not what you want to say. And that's so important because that's our job. Our job is to get through to the audience from not our emotions, but what the author wants the emotion to be. And then what we do is by using our life experiences to recreate the author's intent, that's how we use our emotion. Not our emotion from our opinions, but our emotion that we've experienced throughout our life, interpreted the way the author wants it interpreted, brought about by our experience from that emotion. So that's how we get to that place where you get a really great read and you then also allow the audience that's listening to make up their own mind and truly enjoy the story because through your voice, they do get a picture in their mind of a person. That's why, that's why you ever, do you ever, you ever listen to a narrator and then see their picture? You might've thought of me, you might listen to my voice and see my picture and be like, holy crap, that guy's not what I thought. He's, he, <laughs> hopefully, you know what I mean? God, that guy's ugly. No, I just, but I just, um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's true. I, all the time you see, you hear a voice and you see the person and really you're like, whoa, it's not what I look, it's not what I thought they look like. You know what I mean? But that's because our minds make it up, but we need to allow people to make up their minds on their own. And we do that by removing our opinion, our opinion. All right. So we talked about choices. 
And we talked about you making choices as a director and as the actor and what the difference is. All right. As a director, you make overall choices of the entire direction of the book. And you do that from the intent that you get from the author and what the writing is. As the actor or as the narrator, you are making decisions and, in, and interpreting the scenes based off of a storyteller from the overall intent and the direction of the director and the intent of the author. All right? Less is more. And then there are moments when you can pour on that more and that makes them even more powerful. Woo! All right. Well, that was some deep acting stuff. (laughs) I suggest you listen to this a couple of times so that you can kind of fill it in. Hopefully I made some sense in there for you. But I, I really do believe that this this podcast really will help you start to frame in your mind how you should be reading aloud and that you don't have to win an Oscar, like an Emmy. Uh, you don't have to win an Audi. Excuse me. That's our that's our Academy Awards. You don't have to win an Audi to do a great audiobook, you know, read. Okay. It's more so you letting the author's intent and the audience all right, flow together through your personal experiences that you can then bring to the table to get across those feelings and emotions. Okay. All right. Well, again, I want to thank, I want to thank Margaret, Denise, and Brian for becoming patrons. If you would love to go uh, to, to, if you would like to become a patron of the podcast, I'd love to have you. It allows me to keep doing all this stuff and keeps me up at 2.54 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, just head on over to the Patreon page and <clears throat> there's different levels there that you can participate and, and donate to and get some, some cool stuff like some calls from me and uh, I think I'm going to come up with a voiceover warrior shirt. And you guys like a shirt? I want a shirt. I love, I like a voice acting shirt, but you know, I love putting shirts on. Like it makes me, you know, again, everything we do is about putting ourselves because we're actors about putting ourselves in a position where we feel a certain way. I don't know if you've ever been in this, this place, but <clears throat> do, can you recall when you felt a certain way, whether you were hyped up or excited or something like that? And then you went to do your voiceovers and you're like, man, I'm firing all cylinders tonight. You know, and then another time you go back, you're like, I suck. What is wrong with me? I can't read Jack. You know, it's how we feel. So putting ourselves into a place where we can recreate that feeling is helpful. And outward things help us do that. Uh, and clothing is one of them. That's my lengthy uh, justification of, of a T-shirt. <laughs> so anyways, um, thank you guys so much. Again, uh, the Facebook group too, please. Uh, if you want to join Avio's journey, uh, I promise <laughs> this this darn musical uh, is over too. You know, be nice. And I'm working on a course right now. By the way, I'm working on a Fiverr course, uh, how to get up and running on Fiverr. And, and really, I think it's, I'm going to call it, um, you know, how to make your first sale on Fiverr. And it's going to be talking about all of the uh, the things from starting from scratch and getting your gig set up right, getting your video set up right, getting your pricing set up right. And then I'm going to give you a tip on how to get your first sale and many sales and then the direction to kind of go after that. Okay, so be looking out for that. And I'm working on the new website that goes along with it. So it's taking me longer because, you know, I don't uh, time wise, but, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. You know what? I I hope this episode really helped. I I really get some I thought I got some good information for you. Let me know uh, and uh, share this with somebody. 
And uh, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to coming back tomorrow night. We got Super Bowl this weekend too. All right. Well, now I'm just, I'm just shooting the breeze. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful night. All right. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Peace. (laughs) 